0: Um, as has already been mentioned several times this morning, we had a session of camp last week. Uh, years ago when I was doing, um, when I was involved in youth ministry over at Southside Church of Christ in Rogers, I had a kid in the youth group uh, that uh, through his junior high years and, and, and coming into high school, um, he just, he, he was kind of always on the outside, kind of on the fringe. He would show up at a few things. He would come to church on Sunday mornings because his family came to church on Sunday mornings. But he didn't really have a whole lot of close connections in the group. And he would come on a few things, but even when he did, he kind of was on the outside, and and everybody kind of knew who he was, but nobody really, um, at least in our group, was all that close to him. Uh, he wasn't an athlete. Um, he wasn't, um, uh, you know, he made good grades i don't know that he was one of the best students in in his school he wasn't what you would label you know whatever you conjure in your mind as being one of the popular kids it just wasn't him um but he came to a, a camp session one time we used to have a session years ago at green valley bible camp that was called senior week or senior high week it was just for high school students an entire week of camp, and it was it was a little smaller. There weren't as many kids that showed up for it as do for a regular session, and, and you really get to know each other really well. And and um, one of the things that we that we did that particular session, this was when he was uh, this kid was a sophomore in high school. We did a thing, and I, I may have described to, described to this church family before, we did an activity called the auction block. And, and we do some things to kind of get the kids milling around and get to know each other a little bit. And of course, a lot of them already know each other, but they ask questions and they get answers and, and you get to know each other some. And then we all sit down and we have like a, you know, a chair or a stool or something in front of everybody. And we would put a kid on the auction block. And, and the way you bid on that kid was to, was to say something positive about them. And not just to say it about them, and say it to them. I like your smile. You're a good friend. You dribble the basketball really well. You, whatever it is, whatever they come up with, they would say that and they would bid on that person. And we just bid. We're just auctioning we're bidding on them with, with, with compliments, with positive things. And then at the end of, of, of that, when everybody had had a chance and everybody had, had said whatever it was they wanted to say, Then we would count to three. This is how we sold them. We would count to three, and we'd say, on the count of three, uh, and everybody would count off one, two, three, and we'd call that kid by name, and we'd say, you know, so-and-so, you're special. Simple activity, Um, but somewhat powerful, especially for some kids. It made an impact on this kid's life. I'll tell you more about that here in a little bit. We started talking about guardrails a couple weeks ago, uh, recognizing that we all encounter all sorts of different guardrails in our lives. There's the ones that are on the side of the highway. There's the ones that are, you know, on a ledge so we don't go over. There's, there's all sorts of different uh, barriers and boundaries that we encounter in our lives. And, and the purpose of those things is to keep us safe, to keep us from hurting ourselves, to keep us from hurting somebody else. And we've talked about how God has given us guardrails as well. That sometimes we look at God's word and we think it's, it's, it's confining. It's, it's uh, trying to limit us. And when actually if we can look at some of the things that God wants for his people and some of the things that, that he wants us to do when we, as we just walk through this life, that it's guardrails intended to protect us. It's actually intended to bless us or to help us be a blessing to somebody else and so we talked you know last week about about guarding our temper about being careful with our anger that it, that there's nothing wrong in and of itself with getting angry that's a God given emotion but there's a guardrail there's there's a limit to what we what actions we take when our anger hits us and that we find ourselves many of us with any of these guardrails find ourselves sometimes you know just kind of leaning over or tiptoeing past or or just you know, crashing straight through, not even paying attention to what the, con- the consequences are going to be. And we talked about how damaging that could be with our temper last week, with, with, with our anger. And we're going to continue this morning talking about another guardrail, an- another precaution, another boundary that God gives us so that we can guard our words. I want to guard my words, the things that come out of my mouth. I can guard my relationships, I can guard my, my connections, I can guard my actions and how I treat people and how other people treat me through the words that I say, through the way I choose to talk to someone or talk about someone. So let's start off, let's just talk about what are the guardrails or what is the guardrail? Uh, and really, I think there's, there's kind of one that I want to show you this morning that's kind of an overall, like, this is it. This is the guardrail. This is, stay inside of this You'll be safe, and you'll keep other people safe as well. Okay, and it's found in the book of First Peter. So, if you got your Bibles or your Bible app, go almost to the end of the Bible—not quite that far, a few books from the end—you'll find the book of First Peter. And uh, Peter says in First Peter chapter three and verse ten, "Whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil." and their lips from, from deceitful speech. Let me read again. Whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from, from deceitful speech. And this is actually Peter quoting the lyrics of a song that King David had written hundreds of years before uh, Peter was alive. If I want to live a good life, if I, want to, if I want to enjoy my life more, if I want to experience a life that is blessed, and if I want my life to be a blessing to others, I have to keep from saying evil things. I need to keep from saying things to you that are gonna be hurtful. I need to keep from saying things to you that are gonna do damage to you or damage to our relationship. I need to keep from saying things, as he says, keep their lips from from deceitful speech. And that could be just flat out lying. That could be just kind of manipulation, just kind of guilting people into doing something that I want them to do. I need to keep from saying things to you that that are dishonest and that are manipulative in some way. It sounds simple, doesn't it? I mean, when you see the words on the screen, when you look at the words on the page or on your Bible app, you're looking at that going, okay, well, just don't say bad things and, and be honest. All right. That's not complicated, is it? And yet, I think a lot of you would agree with me, it's not that simple to put it into practice. I mean, we find ourselves all the time maybe even knowing this is here, maybe even knowing this scripture exists, and just careening right through that guardrail, because I'm going to say what I going to say, because this is how I feel right now, and these are just the words that are going to come out of my mouth, and you're just going to have to deal with it, and we may not articulate it that way, but that's what our hearts, that's what our minds think, and that's what we do, and even though we know we're supposed to Keep a boundary. We're supposed to, we're supposed to hold on and, and not say hurtful things. Sometimes we just find ourselves, I remember, well, I can't remember how many times growing up, my mom said to me, that mouth of yours is going to get you in trouble. I, I lost count. You know, I could almost finish the statement. She would be like, that mouth of yours is going to get me in trouble. You know, which got me in trouble. Um, ah, <laughs> uh, She was right. You got in trouble all the time with my mouth because I wouldn't pay attention to the precautions. And here's why it's so important. I want want you to understand this morning why I wanna talk about this. When I don't control my words, when I go crashing right through any kind of boundary, any kind of guardrail, it makes my, I mean, what did Peter say? You want good days, you want a good life? Control your mouth. My life is harder and I make it harder on other people when I don't control the words that are coming out of my mouth. Here's why. In Proverbs chapter 18, Proverbs in the Old Testament, a whole list of wise sayings from King Solomon and and some other guys too, but Solomon says in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, the tongue has the power of life and death. This thing right here, has amazing power. Solomon says it has the power of life and death. I can either make your life better or I can make the health of of our relationship better with with using the right words. Or on the other hand, I can kill your self-esteem. I can kill our connection with each other. I I, I can suck the life out of our relationship with the comments that I make, with the things that I choose to say to you, with the things that I choose to say about you, even with the tone that I use sometimes. I can destroy that relationship and that connection. This, folks, is the reason for the guardrail. God says, I want you to be careful. I want you to keep your mouth from from saying bad things and, and, and and saying awful things to people and making them feel bad about themselves with the words that you use. Because honestly, you're affecting their life. You're affecting your life. Your mouth has the power of life and death. You can build up and breathe life into a relationship or you can destroy it by what comes out of here. That's an amazing amount of power. God says you need boundaries with what you say. You need to take precautions so that you don't damage your marriage, so that you don't hurt your connections with your coworkers in the office, so that you you breathe life into your relationships with your kids, so that you don't hurt this dating relationship that you're involved in, so that you don't damage whatever church connections that you have because you weren't careful with what you chose to say. Okay, that that makes sense, but how do I do that? How do I get more careful with my speech? How do I get better at staying inside this guardrail? I I recognize the value, I recognize the need, but what, I know me. I, I know my tendency to just blah and say things and then go, boy, I wish I hadn't said that. How do I get better at staying inside the guardrail in the first place? instead of just jumping right over it and saying whatever I want to say. Let me give you some steps real quick. First thing that I need to do to get better at guarding my words. I need to slow down. I need to slow down. We talked last week when we were talking about how we handle it when we get angry, we talked about pumping the brakes and and slowing down for a minute and not getting carried away with our emotions. And the same principle applies to the words we use when we're talking to our friends, when we're talking to our family, when we're talking to our co-workers. We use the same verse that that we looked at last week when we talked about anger, the book of James. In James chapter 1, and verse 19, James says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen Slow to speak and slow to become angry. James says, I need to be slow to speak. Say it with me. I need to be slow to speak. We probably said it too fast. I need to be slow to speak. (laughs) Very good. I heard you guys over here. Nice job. Not just that we talk really slowly, but we slow down before we say whatever it is that's on our minds to say. Don't be in a hurry with the words I use. Don't say the first thing that pops in my head. Take a second. Take a breath. Think for a second. Sometimes when I'm angry, I might use hurtful words in response. Somebody makes me mad and I'm just going to just say something hurtful right back to them. And sometimes it may even be accurate. I may be right in what it is that I'm saying. Or I may just be mouthing off because I'm upset, and I'll just say any random thing that pops in my head. It may or may not be true. But either way, I may just immediately say what's on my mind and just and just speak it or shout it out with no thought of how that's going to affect you. Because I haven't stopped thinking about that. I'm just I'm plowing right through the guardrail. I'm running right through it. I don't care. I'm so upset right now, I'm so angry, or I'm just Whatever emotion it is, you know, frustration that I'm feeling, that just blurted out the first thing that comes to my mind. I don't think about how that's going to affect you. I don't think about how that's going to affect our relationship. I'm just going to say it. That's dangerous. And that's why James says you need to slow down. Not just to speak more eloquently. Slow down. Take a minute. Take a breath. Think about what it is that you're about to say. Sometimes... When I hear the latest rumor, the latest gossip, I can't wait to tell somebody else. And don't even think about how it's going to affect you for me to talk about you, whether I even know if it's accurate or not. Sometimes if we're in a conflict with each other or even if you're just, even if you're just sharing a problem with me or a frustration with me or, or a hurt or something that's just going on in your life and you just want somebody to vent to, I may not even listen to what it is that you're actually saying because I'm, I'm so anxiously waiting to make my point to either fix it or to tell you what it is that you're doing wrong or to, or to answer back to you if you're saying something to me. And I may hurt your feelings. I may make you even more angry. I may, I may make the situation a whole lot worse because I'm not paying attention to what it is that you're saying. I'm in such a hurry to say what it is that I want to say. A lot of damage gets done that way. Slow down. Breathe for a minute. Listen. If I wanna get better at not being hurtful with my words, I need to slow down and think about what those words are. I need to slow down and listen to what it is that you're saying. I need to think about how you're going to hear whatever it is I I'm going to say. I need to slow down. Number two, I need to use some salt. I need to use some salt with my words. I need to use some salt in, in, in the things that I, that I choose to say to you. Now, in, in ancient times, we, this isn't as big a deal now because we have refrigerators, we have freezers, we have... Uh, a lot of different methods to preserve meat that we're going to eat, maybe a little further down the road. Back in ancient times, you didn't have a whole lot of time. Once you had a piece of meat, you had to do something with it if you weren't going to eat it right then. And so what they would do is take salt. They use salt for flavoring. Don't get me wrong. They would have salt available for meals and you could add salt to your food, but they would take meat that they were going to use within the next few days and they would rub it with salt to preserve it to keep, you know, bacteria from getting in there, to to make it last longer, to make it more edible. And they would season whatever meat that they were going to eat, they would season that with salt ahead of time so that you would be able to eat it, to digest it better. Keep that in mind as you look at Paul's words in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 6. He says this, Let your conversation, let the times that you talk with somebody else be always full of grace, seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. Paul says, you gotta use some salt with whatever it is you have to say, especially if it's gonna be something that could potentially hurt someone's feelings, if it's something that, that may, you know, an issue that needs to be addressed, if we're in conflict with each other, if we gotta make a decision, uh, we gotta use some salt sometimes so that the person that we're talking to is able to digest it a little more easily. It tastes better when you say those words that I may not want to hear. If we need to have a discussion, if there's a, if there's a conflict to resolve, and I spend the bulk of that conversation screaming and yelling and telling you what an idiot you are and, and, and focusing maybe on some other character trait that has nothing to do with the conversation that we're talking about, How well are you gonna receive whatever it is that I'm trying to say? How well are you gonna get whatever point it is that I'm trying to make? If somebody's coming to me that way, I'm not even listening to what, what, the, what the thing is that they're, what the point is that they're trying to get across. All I'm hearing is volume and anger. Doesn't taste very good. I'm not gonna listen for very long. I'm not gonna tune in to what it is that they have to say. He says, your conversation needs to be full of grace full of compassion, full of forgiveness. Think about the grace and the compassion that we've already celebrated this morning that we see in Jesus, that we all get to receive from our God because of his love for us. And and Paul uses the same word in, in scripture that we used to talk about, the love and the compassion that God has for us in sending Jesus to die on the cross and says that's the kind of compassion and love you need to have for people that you're having conversations with especially if it's a difficult conversation. You need to put yourself in their shoes. You need to see this thing from their perspective, and you need to address them accordingly. Let let your words, let your conversation, let your speech be full of grace. Not being derogatory, not yelling, saying what needs to be said, but in a compassionate way where they actually hear it. I need to have compassion for you and a willingness to talk with you, not at you. We need to slow down. We need to use some salt. And we need to build up with our words. We need to build people up with our words, not tear them down. I need to say things. I need to say things to you and say things about you that are encouraging, that that are that build you up, that lift you up in the eyes of other people, that aren't damaging, that aren't hurtful. This is what Paul says in Ephesians chapter four, verse 29. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs so that it may benefit those who are listening. I should want you to be blessed by whatever it is that I have to say. I should want it to benefit you. I should want it to be a blessing for you. And when I choose to insult you, when I choose to gossip about you, when I choose to yell at you in in anger and frustration, or even when I choose to bring up past mistakes that aren't even what we're talking about right now, those things don't build you up, they tear you down. I looked around outside and this is the smallest brick I could find around our building. So bear with me, because it's heavy. Bricks can be used for all sorts of good purposes, right? You build things with them. You make things more solid with them. You use bricks to protect something inside from something that's outside. Bricks can also do a lot of damage. You got a nice glass window, what will this brick do to it? shatter it, right? You drop this on an appendage, it's going to do some damage. It's going to hurt. It's going to be painful. So the brick itself can be used to build something up, or it can be used to tear something down, right? This is what Paul is talking about here in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29. The brick itself is neutral. It's just a brick, It's what I do with a brick that makes it either beneficial and building up or destructive and hurtful. My words function the same way. I can use my words to build you up, to compliment you, to make you feel good about yourself, to point out all your good qualities to other people so they think good things about you and build you up. Or the simplest word. Can tear you down. The simplest piece of gossip can destroy how other people view you. The words themselves are neutral. It's just the words coming out of my mouth. It's how I use them. What I choose to say about you that either builds you up or tears you down. You understand that? Paul says, let's build each other up. Let's not tear down. Let's not destroy. Let's not hurt. Let's use our words. For people's benefit. Be honest with you folks, there are too many churches, there are too many families, there are too many friendships, there are too many workplaces that have too many bricks flying around doing an awful lot of damage. There are too many marriages being shattered, there are too many relationships between <clears throat> between parents and kids that are being torn down because of the words that we're using. Be careful with your bricks, be careful with your words. You're using them to build people up, not tear them down. Like I said, that was heavy. I need to commit to building others up with what I say. I need to commit to giving compliments and encouragement and not just saying things just so uh, people will like me more, but to be honest with people. This is what I see in you. This is something good about you. This is how you encourage me. People need to hear those things. It might be the simplest thing, just saying thank you, just telling somebody, man, you made my day today, just whatever it is. Build each other up with the words that we say instead of tearing each other down. Pray for each other. Help each other. Give advice to each other. Be compassionate with our words. Let's build up and not tear down. Let's be in the habit of slowing down. Let's be in the habit of using some salt. Let's be in the habit of building each other up. That'll keep us inside the guardrails. One quick thing. Maybe, maybe, maybe even the most important step Comes from Matthew chapter 12. Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 12. Now we've talked before the Bible is divided into two sections: Old Testament, and New Testament. The first book of the New Testament is Matthew. The story of Jesus' life and miracles and words that he spoke when he was here on this earth. In chapter 12, verse 34, in the middle of a conversation with some religious people about actions and about the consequences of those actions, about who he is and about what he's producing versus who they are and what they're producing with their lives. He says this in verse 34, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Some of your translations might say out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever is in my heart, whatever is truly in my heart is what's going to come out of here. That's what happens with our words. And this may be honestly the place to start. And we can slow down. We can season with salt. We can build up. All those kind of things. But maybe some of us this morning, the starting point before we even begin to get in the habit of slowing down and using salt and building people up is to start with our heart. What's the condition of this right now? If it's not in line with God's heart, if if my heart is full of frustration and anger, if my heart is full of jealousy and envy, if my heart is full of, of, of pride, if my heart is full of sin, guess what's gonna come out of my mouth? Hurtful things. Based on my jealousy or envy of you, based on my anger and resentment towards you. Whatever it is, whatever it is that's holding on to my heart is going to be the source of whatever it is that comes out of my mouth. So maybe this is where we need to start this morning. Start with your heart first, let God clean that out. See what begins to happen with your words. I told you I was gonna tell you a little more about this kid from my youth group. He got a chance that summer at camp to sit on the auction block. Just for time's sake, with the, with the kids that we had, I, I, I wouldn't have everybody go, but we would give everybody a number and I'd just draw numbers and when your number was called, you went up for sale. And his number got called and he, and he went up on the auction block. And those kids, Paid him a ton of compliments. Things that they saw in him that he had never seen in himself. And the transformation that took place from when he first started coming into high school to the time he graduated from high school was immense. It was incredible. The amount, of, the amount of things that he started showing up for, the amount of participation that he had, the kind of friendships that he built within our group. And he said, when I had all the seniors get up at the end of that school year after they had graduated and I let them just talk in front of our youth group and just say, man, here's, here's some of my favorite memories. Here's some of my greatest experiences. Here's some funny stories and all those different kinds of things. The one thing that he centered on, the one thing that he focused on was I remember sitting in that chair at Green Valley Bible Camp and people saying good things to me. Because for so long, nobody had Nobody had said good things to him. And maybe they had been thinking him. It wasn't that, that people were going out of their way to be critical to him, but nobody said anything to him. Nobody said anything good to him. Nobody was building him up. And the first time that it happened, it changed his life. He became a different person because of the words that other people used when they were talking to him. He began to see himself as a different person. It completely changed who he was. It completely changed his attitude and his relationships because people for a few minutes chose to build him up and not tear him down and not allow himself to tear himself down. And I I challenge you with that. I challenge myself with that this morning to to help us recognize there's, there's power in the words that we have. You want to change somebody's life? Start changing your words. Start changing how you talk to them. See what happens. You want to change a relationship that you're in, a marriage, a relationship in your family, a dating relationship, a friendship. You want to see something powerfully transformational happen in that connection? Change your words. See what happens. Let's start with a heart. We're going to sing a song here in just a second. It's a prayer to God. God for today, let me be who you call me to be. Let my words be words that bring you praise. Let my words be words that draw people closer to you. May that be our prayers we sing together. But I would challenge you as when we stand together and sing this song, if you're looking at your life, if you're looking at the words that come out of your mouth, if you're looking at your heart and going, man, this, that's not where I want it to be. I recognize that I've been walking through my life the last few days weeks months maybe years throwing bricks shattering friendships destroying relationships sucking the life out of my own marriage my own connection with my kids because of my words and i want that to be different i would invite you come forward come down here to the front share that with us there's no judgment here we got compassion and love for you we'll do whatever we can to help you build people up instead of tear them down if you're looking at your life this morning going man i know where my heart is and it is not with god it's not just my words and need fixing it's a whole lot of other things but it starts here come share that with us i want a clean heart i want a fresh start we'll help make that happen if you haven't ever given your life to Jesus Christ, if you, haven't, if you haven't confessed him as the Lord of your life, if you haven't repented of your sins, you haven't put him on in baptism, today's the day to do that so that you can be set free to, to build people up in the way that he calls you to. That can happen today. Come forward when you sing and, and say, I, w- I want to give my life to Jesus today. Let's not be known as a bunch of people that tear each other down. Let's be known as a bunch of people who recognize how much God has lifted us up and we're trying to do the same for others. If we can help you do that better, we want to. While together we stand and sing. Come forward.